um, as part of our church, um, uh, this wonderful couple, they, they've joined us uh, fairly recently, uh, but I've known them for a long time. They used to be called the high-rise angels uh, as uh, um, sort of declared by uh, channel, was it Channel 9? Channel 9 News. They came on Channel 9 News and they were called the high-rise angels. Come, come along, um, Chris and Patrick Templetons. And um, they are definitely seniors. I'll, I'll, I, won't, I won't declare their age. I'll let them tell you how old they are. But uh, they've been serving for a long time. You know what it is? That it's uh, important not just to have a great start, a big start, but to finish well. You know, David had a difficult start, but he finished well. He, along the way, he fell, he had issues, but he really finished well. Unfortunately, his son, Solomon, had a great start, didn't he? He uh, became the wisest man in the world, became so powerful. But in his latter days, he sought other gods and he deviated from God's purpose and plans. And he didn't have a, a good end. Maybe he did towards the end. He, he could have repented, but it was not good because his sons and generations after him really declined. But here we have a wonderful couple, Pastor Chris, uh, Pastor Patrick and Chris Templeton. They used to uh, run a church in Mon Albert, but also they started this ministry called Operation Stitches. And they ministered to... Um, uh, I would say, kind of refugees, right? Or, or new migrants who, who were poor and most of them were single parents living in the high-rise uh, apartments, uh, government apartments, and uh, they reached out to them with food, with care and ministry, and, and they've been doing that for so long to this very day they are serving. And, and so I'm so encouraged by what they are doing and they continue to do. And I would like to encourage our church to get behind them and go with them to, and they will tell you a little bit more of what they are doing currently and the, and the doors that have opened to them, even at this age. And they are a little older than me, I would say. <laughs> That's all I dare to say. But... Uh, Nevertheless, their energy and their enthusiasm and their vision drives them on to serve the Lord till the Lord comes or till the Lord take, takes them home. So without further ado, let's put our hands together. Welcome, Pastor Chris, Pastor Patrick, and Chris Templeton. Thank you, Pastor Roland. Good morning, everybody. Operation Stitches, Stitches. Acronym for stitches is S-T-I-T-C-H-E-S. It's saving the inner city through Christ's hope, eternal salvation. Amen? Hallelujah. And we've been doing it some 23, going on to 24 years now. And uh, God has really taken on us on a wonderful journey. And it's so wonderful to be here today and be able to share a little bit about that with you. Um, but we're not only from Operation Stitches. We are from FGA. Because this is our home now. This is our home. And we, came, we started coming, uh, Pastor YC invited us to come to the opening. And uh, we had something on that particular day. We weren't able to come. But we came the second week of opening. And we've, we've been coming every, ever since then. And uh, we just want to thank you, uh, everybody here, for making us feel welcome. Thank you for making us feel welcome uh, into this church, accepting us. You know, we're a little bit different than a lot of you. Uh, and we might not love your food quite as much as you do. But uh, we thank you. We thank the pastors and, and uh, uh, for making us. And also, you'll be noticing we've been bringing some families along and some children along. And, uh, you know, you've got a wonderful children's ministry out there. Pastor Harold is doing a great job out there. And the kids love coming. They run. And uh, 
we have most Sundays, we've commandeered your bus. You might see us arrive with a little bus, you know, the two buses up the top of the car park there. And uh, we, we commandeer the, one of those buses most Sundays so that we can bring some families to come along. And uh, so some of our families at the back there. And we've also got a couple of old Stitches members dressed in yellow, Sue Lee and Heather. Thanks for coming, guys. And, you know, it seems like with, after the line dance, it seems like yellow and black is the theme of the day. <laughs> so you all missed it somewhere. <laughs> but uh, it's so good to be here. And uh, I- I'm glad that Pastor Roland didn't say today was about a pack of oldies. I don't mind being a senior, but I don't want to be an oldie. Oldie has a connotation of like past the use-by date, yes. worthless for nothing. But senior, you know, has a lot, lot more status, I think. Yes. And, you know, sometimes the world can look upon our seniors as, as if we're past the use-by date and if we're not, as if we're not really worth for much or, or you know, like just, just get on and die. You know what I mean? But, you know, with God... I tell you, God, it's a different story. Isn't that right? There's never age. There's no age and there's no gender. Hallelujah. You're in Christ or you're not in Christ. Isn't that right? We're one. Praise God. And God has been using our lives and, and we're, we've been doing it for many years, as I said. And it seems like we're forced by Pastor Roland to tell our age. And I think it's only because he wants to prove that we're older than him. Thank you very much. But uh, I am 69. I'm, I'm turning 70 in March. And God has renewed my, my youth like the eagle. And Do I have to say how old I am? Chris is just a little <laughs> bit older. Can we say that? Just a little, little bit older than that. I'm 72, 73 shortly. Praise God. Everybody's wanted to know how old I am. And I've always said I'm as old as my tongue and a little older than my teeth. So this is the first time. You're the first ones to know that I'm 72 going on 73. So, yeah, so it's, it's good to be here. I'm not sure about these pictures up here today. It's almost a bit like memory lane. It's like, so like we're, we're like a lot of memories, but nothing new. And I want to encourage us today. We're going to uh, share, Chris is going to share some things about and show some pictures you know, pictures tell a million words, a thousand words or whatever, and uh, to show you what we're doing. And it's one way that you can, you know, there's different ways that you can get out there and, and be a blessing to people. And, you know, that's what it's all about. God wants us to, to bless other people. To, it's not all about us. You know, we live often in a generation, it's all, it's all about me, but it's not a me generation with God. It's all about others, so loving, we others generation. loving others. Yeah, amen. So before I get over to hand over to Chris just to start off, and then uh, I want to share a word from the from the Bible just to encourage us this morning. I, I think it's lovely the way that you call the elders. I've noticed in this church, and I, I think it might be widespread amongst the the Asian community. You call them uncles, and you call them aunties, and I think that is so sweet. That is so wonderful. So maybe if we keep coming, maybe one day I might be able to be called Uncle Patrick and And Auntie Auntie Chris. Chris. (laughs) Praise God. Anyway, I'm going to hand over to Chris right now just to share and show some slides for us. Thank you so much. Now we just need to work this out. So here is our logo. And you now know what stitches means. But this is a scripture that really, really got us out there and and still is so real in our hearts. When Jesus, and Jesus, when he came out, he saw much people. He saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them. You know, you can see and you can see. But Jesus saw the condition of the people, the needs of the people, and it was only then that he was moved with compassion toward them. You can't help but move towards a need and meet that need. Four or five times in the gospel it says Jesus was moved. He saw them. 
You know, we can all see, but how many of us are moved? Moving towards them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. He began to teach them many things. And in the Gospels it says he moved toward them to touch them, to pray for them, to heal them. And so when that scripture became a revelation to us, we went. Did we know in the beginning in 1996 what to do? I can tell you absolutely not. We made so many mistakes. But that first day when 200 children turned up, it was like, what do we do now? So it's not like you have to know everything about everything before you're moved and you get out there. So this is what we began to see. These gorgeous, gorgeous faces. There's Suli, and she's up the back there today. They are beautiful, beautiful people. So we saw, we saw these faces. Aren't they just absolutely... Now, we have to stop at that one. Don't we, Amy? Because that little girl in the middle is the little girl that's out there in Children's Church right now. That's Kirabella. And these were the faces. You know, Jesus saw the multitude. We saw the multitude. So many of them. And we began to grow and begin to have activities for them and embrace them. Early days, we were able to go out and preach the gospel. And we were able to have altar calls. We can't do that anymore. We're not allowed to do that anymore. But in, the, in those earlier years, we saw literally thousands upon thousands of people give their heart to the Lord in those altar calls in the park. So that was very exciting. Even the, um, the, the Muslim people would come to us and say, we want what you've got. And we were able to put hundreds and hundreds of Bibles out into the community. And then there was another scripture there that really meant so much to us. And that was, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you. Can we get a hold of that today? We don't choose. He has already chosen you for a specific role, for a specific part in his big plan. It's Nothing is too small. If you think that, well, you've got to do something big before it's going to be recognised in heaven, that's not true. Everything we do in faith for the Lord is recognised in heaven. And he has chosen you to do that, whatever it is. And we've had so many people in this church that have truly blessed Operation Stitches with what they consider such a little thing. But to our Heavenly Father, it is not a little thing. He has, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he should give it to you. And these things have I commanded you, that you love one another. And so in 2016, when we had a, a terrible a crisis time, when we were forced to close our hub in in Richmond, we had a great warehouse there. We had a time zone involved. We had computer rooms. We had a whole full cafe running. Hundreds and hundreds of kids. Our last week before we closed the door, we had the most number of people we've ever had. It just kept growing, but finances had been cut off. And so we closed the door. It broke our hearts. But this scripture, this scripture was what kept me going. I had it up in our bathroom and we would just look at it. I am not chosen, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, ordained you, that you should go forth. It doesn't say stop going forth. It said continue to go forth. So we up and we went again. It wasn't what we don't have, it's what we do have. We can too often look at what we don't have without realising what we do have in a hand. And we had relationships and we had our home. We began with that and we've uh, have a look. We've made, I wanted to bring this one in, that food parcel. That was a, a guy that um, was 
around Christmas time and he saw us giving out food parcels and he goes, I want one, I want one. And like, you just put the smile on, on the faces. It just means so much because God loves them. I remember Pastor Roland and it's rung in my ears what you said. We are all called to go out and get God's family. Whether they're in the family of God right now, but these are the ones that Jesus came and died for. We've got to go out. We've got to reach them. We've got to touch their lives. And that's a beautiful photo, isn't it? Even to putting nail polish and doing pamper parlour for the mums. Those mums are amazing down there. And they have such hardship in so many ways. And if we can make them feel... We're having a, we're having a um, Christmas in July this coming Friday for the mums. And boy, are we going to pamper them and just give them... A, it's called Women of Worth. And are we going to make them make a difference in their lives? That was uh, one we're talking about Christmas and there's Heather there in the red shirt and she's here today too. So thanks Heather for coming. This is where we are now. We have a great um, venue down in Collingwood and it's an old church. I'm not sure whether I put the photograph in of the old church that's down there. I think I have at the end. And it was built in 1876 by a group of volunteers who wanted to reach out to the children of Collingwood to minister to them as, as in a children's church and to help them with their education. It was to be run only by volunteers and it was never to have an adult service in it. And now, guess where we are? We are in that church and it's a beautiful venue We've just done a craft day. Thank you, FGA, for having Pastor uh, Harold come along and a few of the volunteers to help us with that. And if you have a look, you may be able to see them. So this was our craft day just two weeks ago. Are they just gorgeous kids? They're beautiful children. And they look so normal, but the environment they live in is not normal. Let me tell you, it is not normal, and every child has seen things that no child should ever see. You know, I'm tired of going down there and seeing another body bag. I'm tired of going down there and picking up a whole lot of syringes. How many did we pick up the other day? Half a dozen? Just, just on the side of the road. You know, washing off the blood from the outside that somebody had been stabbed. And these kids are in this environment. We've got to make a difference. This is our city. These are our children. So these are, we've given away a whole lot of clothing and that was such a fun time. Uh, just recently we ha were given a lot of scarves, beanies and blankets and that was very much appreciated. We've been able to take the mums to Lush and quite a number of the mums to Lush store in Doncaster here and they have really pampered these lovely women. We've been able to take our Bibles, our uh, what's the um, letter from our father? I love you. Do you know the father's letter? I'm sure it's familiar to many of you. Give them some chocolates and lead them to the Lord. And there is, um, that was our high tea. Now, everybody can be involved. This is, this is a church of generations. And here's a group of, uh, we're doing tutoring now. And here's a group of five, one, two, three, six young tutors. The five girls are from MLC. That young man is from Scotch College. And he is doing a fundraiser. He was so moved by what we do. He's uh, pledged $100 a month. He's now got $300 ready to give to us. Isn't that amazing? It just touched his heart so much and these other young people. So these are photos of tutoring that we have. We started last term, our first time in that venue, with 23 children. It has very, very rapidly moved to 100 kids. And so now we're on two days a week and here's with the little ones, grade prep to grade four. And we've got a whole bunch, I think there were 63 on Thursday night, just this last Thursday night of these little ones. It's such a privilege to be able to help them go from one level of learning to a new level of learning. Got some amazing volunteers, the older ones and the younger ones. 
this is a photo that was the tutoring program. Um, I've, I've mentioned about the Women of Worth and now we have the Kids Club program and that's running next Sunday so we won't be around for long and that was a photo. And I think, Amy, you're right there in the front. And uh, they're just waiting for the little bus to turn up and uh, I think we must have had a bigger bus that day. So we run a kids club which is the Christian arm of the uh, Operation Stitches organisation and uh, we're able to take them to outings. We've been invited to the Royal Show every year for their their Christmas party for disadvantaged kids and there's several thousand go and at the end of the day they give Operation Stitches all their toys. So we've, we're well sourced. It's just been amazing. Take them out. There's Kira standing up commanding the whole thing. We Toy World say come in and get toys for all the kids and we talk about the goodness of God. This is God. This is just not by accident just because they want to whatever. This is because God loves you. You all get a gift. Uh, there's some of the older kids gathering together. We can celebrate Easter and share them with them the true meaning of Easter. Direct image supplies our craft. It's in our home. Believe it or not, that was a lesson on prayer. <laughs> Have you ever, ever had a lesson on prayer that way? <laughs> well, if you need help, you've got to call a fire fire or the police but if you need help you have to call upon God and so that was their lesson that day and uh, two weeks ago we had snakes visit us and all sorts of things the kids go in our spa and have a great time that's the older ones and the younger ones they're they're not quite so but we just put a whole lot of shampoo in and make it a bubble bath it's it's fun it's so good, able to have whole families into our home and share the love of God and the gospel with them. That's Jupiter in the background, a great thing. There's a couple of um, girls who um, left the estate very suddenly and went into a, a refuge and we've been able to keep contact with them and really they, the mums come to the Lord and we've been able to help them. And this is... This is what some of the kids think about stitches and using a message. Do the right thing. Never give up. And that one says, what does that one say? No matter what, you are loved and remember that. So that was, and this is one of our great rewards. Just recently, it wasn't that long ago, this young man came up to us and we go like, who are you? And he just came up and wrapped his arm around Patrick. And he was one of the little kids on the tarp a couple of years ago. And he just wanted to say thank you and he, to, for what we've done for the community. And he's still in church. He, he gave his heart to the Lord through stitches. And he's still in church. And many, many, many of the kids that we have, have come in contact with are still on the right path. Not all of them. But Jesus even said that you may rescue a few. We've rescued a few. And this is where we are right now. Christmas in July, this Friday for the mothers. And we're coming up with Science Tech with Yen Sao and her ministry. Uh, they're coming to Stitches. And there is a photograph of our venue there in Collingwood. So thank you very much. I'm going to hand over to Patrick. Hallelujah. As I mentioned, we came to, uh, and because I'm a, I'm a senior, I'm still using bits of paper. All right. So they're going to operate the, the slides and I'm going to use a bit of paper. Is that okay? Um, the first Sunday we were here, which was, as I said, the second Sunday you were in this building. I remember the message by Pastor Chris and he was talking about how for somebody like 25 years or something, you had you know, prayed and gave and believed God to, to have a building of your own and it's a magnificent building you have here. And, but he encouraged us that morning to, to not just think, huh, I've arrived. Because with God, there's always more. God is a God of abundance and he always has a bigger 
plan and a bigger thing for, for everybody more. He said, you know, even more than we can even ask or think his plans are for our lives and through our lives. And so uh, we, we need to realise then that the Bible says in, in Matthew 9.37, Jesus said to his follow, followers, the harvest is big. There's a big harvest of people to bring in. But there's only a few workers to harvest them in. So when Jesus walked the earth, he said to his disciples, the harvest is already ripe. It's already there. They just need laborers to go and get them. Now, the different ways of bringing people to the Lord. The different ways is not just operation stitches. We're just a way and we will reach people that others may not reach. And other people reach people in ways that we would never do. So there's many ways that God reaches people. We, God has given us the, the, the ministry of reconciliation, all of us. And stitches is we go down there and our heart and our love towards the people is to draw them to the Father, to draw them to the Saviour, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that Jesus went about doing good. He went about doing good. How was he walking on the earth? If you want to know what should I be doing, you just need to look at the life of Jesus when he walked on the earth. He went about helping people. He went about blessing people. He didn't just stand up and give sermons all day. Yes, he shared the, 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 the gospel of the kingdom, but he loved on the people and he cared for the people and he prayed for the people and he met people's needs. And so they're, they're, the harvest is there. Now notice, he says, uh, the, the harvest, uh, the, the workers are few. And verse 38 says, ask him, the one who owns the harvest, ask him to send more workers to gather his harvest. So our prayer should not be, oh God, save the world, save, the, save Melbourne. Jesus says the harvest is there. He said what to pray for is to pray for harvesters, to pray for laborers. I grew up in my early teens, I grew up on a, on a farm. And I know when it comes to harvest time, you sow a, a, sow a crop. And the, when the crop's in the ground, you, you don't really have to do much. It just, it grows. Why? Because God gives the increase, isn't that right? God grows the harvest. The, the farmer can't grow the harvest. But when it comes to harvest time, that's when all the workers have to get busy. That's when you have to get out there and you have to cut the, the harvest and you have to gather it in and put it into the barns and you have to work to bring it in. So it's the same. Jesus is saying that the harvest is there. The people are there. You know, the world is looking for answers. The world is looking for hope. The world is looking for true hope and love. And you just have to show it and they'll be drawn to you like a magnet. They'll be drawn to you because we need to realize that, that God is in us and working with us. In 2 Corinthians 6.1, look at this. It says we are workers together with God. Workers together with God. See, God could have chosen just to do everything, I guess, snapping his fingers and, and did. But when Jesus left, he said, I'm going to the Father. I'm coming back, but I'm going to the Father. And he said, that, that we had the privilege of being able to work with Him, work with God. Isn't that awesome? See, a lot of us, we think, well, God should be working for us. And the way we pray often, it's almost like He's our servant, He's our master, He's our butler. And, and the only time we talk to Him is to ask Him for this and ask Him for that. And God, He wants to meet our needs. And He said He would meet our needs. But we need to realize that God's plan for us is to join with Him. Because His Spirit comes to live in us. When we're born again, our spirit comes alive to God. And God's Spirit lives within us. The Bible says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. God lives in us. He's not out there. He lives in you and He lives in me. So His Spirit gives us the ability. His Spirit gives us the power. His Spirit gives us the anointing. But He needs a body. He needs someone to carry that to the world. He needs that to show the world because the world can't see God's Holy Spirit. They can't see Him, but they can see Him in us. That's why love is the greatest key. 
love and compassion, as Chris has shared, because we are then showing God to the world. The Bible tells us to be witnesses, not to witness. It says be witnesses. We shall be witnesses. God wants to work in our lives. We get born again. He wants to go to work in our lives. Thank God He takes us as we are. He takes us out of the gutter of life. We don't have to measure up to try and get saved. He said it's not according to our works, but according to the work of Jesus going to the cross, dying for us, shedding His blood. Amen. He, he, he loves the world and He'll take us as we are. But He doesn't want to leave us as we are. He wants us to be glorified. He wants us to, to, to be beautified. He wants us to be appealing to people. And so... As we reach out to people, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. The love and compassion and the care reaches out and it touches lives and draws them to the Father. Draws them. So we're workers together with God. What an awesome, what an awesome responsibility that is. Isn't that awesome? We're working with God. Not for God. It's with God. So we, as God sends us out and, and as we see needs, we reach out and God is right there working with us and we're working with Him. And it says there, don't let the grace that you receive from God be for nothing. Oh, we, we sing it, amazing grace, how great it is. And it is amazing grace. But it's grace not only to to change our lives, but it's grace to be able to operate in our lives to change other lives. Amazing grace. You see, there's no such thing as a misfit in the kingdom of God. See, what we're doing, we've got no qualifications what we're doing. We haven't been in university and done, done, done masters of, of community work or masters of, of reaching out, masters of youth or kids or whatever. We got nothing, but we got Jesus. I said, we got nothing, but we got Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. He is our, he, he calls us able. Amen. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, the Bible says. Is that true or not? If God said it, it must be so, isn't that right? So he is able. But you know what? It's like everything. It takes faith. What is faith? Taking steps. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Take a step. We don't, as Chris said, when we started, we didn't have a clue. And still, we're still finding out things. We're still growing in it. But you take a step and God's there. He meets that need. He uses that. He, 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 he gives us the, the enablement that we need. So we don't want to be in vain. We don't want to live our lives with amazing grace upon our life. And it's not being able to use for the kingdom of God. Amen. See, even though we're senior, there's no, there's no retirement with God. We're not, well, that's it. That's the end. You've reached the senior year. Just sit back and rock in your chair until we go, you know, up to the sky, up to the grave beyond. Why, why, did, why did God plan for us to get born again, but not just whisk us straight away? Why didn't he just say, oh, you're born again now. You're born of the Spirit. You're a child of God. Let's go. He left us here. Why? so that we would be that witness, so that we would be His body. We're the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And we're all members. Some of us are legs. Some of us are mouths. Isn't that right? Some of us are arms. Some of us have different graces, different gifts, different talents. We're all different. But when collectively, that's what the church is. It's a body. It's a body of believers. And we bring and draw our gifts and our talents and our strengths in God together. And it makes a beautiful body of Christ that's able to achieve much. This church is a great church. You have great love here. And and, and that's what will bring people. You know, when we started coming here, in a brand new church, and just think, Visitors today, maybe, we have, you, maybe you're visiting here today and you've come into this church and, when, and, 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 and it's all brand new and you don't know anybody. You know what, what really is so beautiful is when we reach out and say, hi, how are you going? Are you here for the first time? Good to see you. Would you like to come and have a cup of coffee or whatever? <coughs> Isn't that right? Yes. Amen. Amen. And that's how we felt. You know, when we, we, we stood down from our church to go full-time with Operation Stitches, and for, for a moment there, we realized that we were, we, we were in a position of being like a, a, new, a new person coming into a church because we had to find a church to attend. 
And, uh, and so, you know, going into church, we realize what a visitor feels like, even though we pastored for some 16 years. It's not until you do something you realize this how it is. And sadly, you know, over the years, since we, we, we did go with stitches, some churches, the service will end and you stand there and you stand there and nobody comes up to you. No one says hello. No one smiles. No one does nothing and you walk out. Well, you know what? You don't feel like going back. See, it doesn't matter how good the preaching is. And we have some great preachers. It doesn't matter how good the preaching is if people don't feel accepted. Everybody wants love and acceptance. And we felt that when we came here. You showed it to us. And we said, wow, what a great church. And then we said, hey, this is a good church. We can bring others here. Because they're going to be loved on. Because they're going to be cared for. Amen. It's more than the preaching. Yes, thank God we need the preaching. We need the teaching. But it's the practicality with it. Why do, what, what's the use of marking up our Bibles over and over and over with all these different teachings and we know so much and we don't use it in a practical way? We've got to be practical. <coughs> it's not difficult. It's easy. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm shouting. Sorry. I get excited. So instead of trying, you know, a lot of people, we need to realize instead of trying to persuade God to do something for us, we need to be asking, what can God do for us? What, sorry, what can we do for God? You know, the Bible says that God causes all things to work together according to the counsel of His will. So if we're smart, if we really believe the Bible, that means that God has a will, He has a plan for us. Why don't we just find out what that is? And flow with it. You see, really, the people want to be blessed is when we start flowing with the plan of God. That's why, you know, people out there, they're miserable because they won't come into the plan of God. And the first step in the plan of God is to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and to be born again. And as long as we put that off, I remember before I got saved, I felt empty inside. I felt there was something missing inside. I mean, circumstances out there, you know, we, you go out and party and you do this and in and, 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 and the practical way, it seems like I was having a good time, but inside I was empty. Inside I, there, was, there was something missing. And so we need to understand that, that when those, that thing, when you come into the, the plan of God, when you connect with that plan, then things start to work. It, it saddens me when you hear people that all the time praying, oh God, please help me. Oh God, please bless me. Oh God, do this. Oh God, do that. And yet when you share with them and you say, hey, you know, really, look, this is what God says. Look, just open your heart to him. Call upon him. Ask him. He wants to come. He wants to bless you. And they, and they won't do it. Oh, I just need to, oh, wish someone would help me. Oh, you know. See, when you connect with God's plan, that's what I'm saying, it all comes together. It all comes together because God has already planned according to the counsel of His will. So it's not, oh, I want to do it my way. It's God, what is your will? What is your plan? We come to church to find out that wonderful plan. Oh, thank you. Thomas, what a great man. Amen. Always on that, on that driveway, the, the traffic. Amen. So it's, it's the plan of God. God has a wonderful plan. No misfits. And if we flow with the plan, you don't need to ask God to bless you. The, the Bible says we are already blessed with every spiritual blessing. It's a matter of just tapping into them. How do we tap into it? Just flow with the Spirit of God. Flow, 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 flow. See, I'm up here right now trying to flow. All I'm thinking about, Pastor Roland would know, as you're talking, you're, okay, where, is it, where are you taking this? And that was one reason. I've got slides up there, but it's different for me because I might want to go a different way. You know what I mean? And it's not because I'm trying to be rebellious. I'm trying to flow because sometimes God might want to say something. You know, one word from God, regardless of what I say, I always say to people, don't, Take so much notice of what I say, but what is God speaking to you about when I'm talking to you? 
When the preaching is happening, what is God saying? One word can change your life forever. One word. One sentence. One phrase. Amen. Praise the Lord. Excuse me. All right, we need to move. All right. So, Matthew 28. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth is given to me, so go. This is what he said when he was resurrected from the dead. When he came back and showed himself to his disciples and, and hundreds more, he said, All power and all authority is given unto me, so go. Go and make followers of all people in the world. Go. You know, a lot of people are not going to come. And Jesus didn't say, but pray that people would come. He said, the harvest is there. He said to go. All power and authority is given to me. Now you go in that authority. Go in that ability of God. Go into the world. We have to go. And that's what happened with our church. We pastored a church for 16 years and, and we, we had probably about 300 people, not as many as you have here, but we had 300 people or so. And we were having a wonderful time. But we were getting clicky. We were getting like an ingrown toenail. <laughs> and God challenged us. We went to a, a first time to America. We thought we'd go to America and, and, and sit under another preaching other. We went to a convention in Tennessee and uh, this man of God came along and he started sharing what he was going to be doing in, in, in California, in, in L.A. And he started talking about winning the lost. And he, that was where really Operation Stitches began. And as that was sharing, and as, as he was sharing that, God was moving upon our hearts. And literally, we were sitting there, session after session, weeping and crying. God was just dealing with us. Because, sad to say, even though as pastors, we really didn't have a love for people. We just wanted our church to grow. We wanted the seats to be filled. We didn't really care for, for the lot. We didn't think about that out there. Only those who came in. Who's here? Yeah. And it's not saying that we shouldn't care for one another. It starts with that. Because by this all men shall know that you are my disciples, Jesus said, if you have loved one for another. So that's important. But we didn't have a love for people. But God started dealing with us to give us a love for people. Love humanity. God doesn't want us to do something because it's a law. He doesn't work that way. He's a spirit. He doesn't work by the law. We, we, we're moved by the spirit. And God wants us to do something because we want to do it. And he gives us, if you, as you're open to him, he gives you the desire. He gives you the desire to go in the direction of the plan that he has for your life. And you start going in that direction and he anoints you and blesses you. And so... We have to go. He says to go into all the world. Go. Yes, God loves the church, but you know what? The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. He didn't just give Jesus for us. He didn't just give the Jesus for, for all the churches on Sunday that gather together. He gave Jesus for the world. And there's a whole lot of world out there. And you know what? No matter who they are, no matter what they believe, no matter what they're doing, God loves them. And Jesus died for them. And all he's looking for is people that would be prepared to be used in some way to be able to reach out to them and draw them into the, the kingdom of God. The church has that ministry of reconciliation. Now quickly, to finish it off. Because it's seniors, in Joshua 14.7, Caleb was 40 years old. Forty years old when the Lord's servant Moses sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land and I reported to him exactly what I thought. But my companions discouraged the people. However, I was completely loyal to my God. On that day, Moses swore this oath, the land of your feet walk on will be permanent inheritance for you 
and your dependents, descendants, because you were completely loyal to the Lord my God. So that was when the 12 spies were sent out. Remember Moses sent the 12 spies out to spy out the, the promised land. God delivered them out of Egypt. The, the promise, Pete promised, take them towards the promised land. He promised them a land full of milk and honey. But when they got there, remember 10 of the spies said, it's too hard. There are giants in the land. There are wall, wall cities in the land. We're not able to take the land. Joshua and Caleb were the only two out of the 12 who stood up and said, well, if God is with us, we are well able to take the land. Amen. See, we need, if God is saying something to us, we need to understand that we're well able to do it. Praise God. Amen. And so here we see in verse 10, Joshua said, uh, Caleb said, Look at me. The Lord has kept me alive as he promised. It has been 45 years since Israel wandered in the desert when the Lord made this promise to Moses. So now look at me. Today I'm 85 years old. Any 85 year old? 85. And he said, I'm still fit, as fit to go to war now as I was when Moses sent me out. I'm just as fit. You see, it's nothing to do with your body. It's, not, it's nothing to do with, with your, your physical ability. It has to do with the fact that he hung on to the promise of God. Now, some of you here this morning, God has been speaking to you. Some, some God has been talking to you maybe for years about something that he wants to do in your life and through your life. And you may think it's dead. You may think it's not going anywhere. But Caleb, even though 45 years later, amen, 45 years later, he hung on to that word. See, the word is true, whoever will pick it up. You have to pick up the word. You have to pick up the promise. The promises are yes and amen. It's not according to, well, God will bless that one and God will bless that one. No, it's who's picking it up? Who's picking up the promises? Who's picking up the, the, the word of the Lord? Amen. And Caleb said, hey, even though I'm 85 years old, I am well able to take the land because God is with me. Amen. He said, if God is with me, we're well able to do it. Amen. Now, FGA, I tell you what, there's a harvest out there and we're able to fill this place. I tell you what, this place is not big enough. You need to have multiple servers. You might not like it, but you're going to have to have a bigger building or you're going to have to do something because God has people that need to come in. God has people that need to come and experience His love and His goodness. Amen? Amen. Age has nothing to do with it. Hallelujah. You know what? The Bible says that the, the glory of young men, the, young, the youth, I see they all sit over this side, the glory of young men is their strength. But the beauty and the glory of old men is their gray hair. <laughs> now, gray hair in its own can't be the, the blessing. But it's, what it's representing is, you know, when we're young, we're gung-ho. Hey, you know, hey, I can do this. You know, give it to me, you know. As we get a bit older, you've got to use the body less and the brain a bit more. Isn't that right, Pastor? <laughs> the gray hair, you know what it represents? We have experience. The longer you walk with God, you are gaining experience. As you start trusting Him, as you start believing and reaching out to him and drawing upon his promises, you find out and you grow in experiences. And because of that, you're able to be able to help and bless others by gathering around and sharing that experience. The, the seniors here today, they have experience. Some of them have walked with God a long time. Amen. And they might not be able to flex their muscles like they used to, but I tell you what, they've got some, a wealth of experience that can be a blessing to us all. Amen. Praise God. So right now, to finish off, before I, I ask Pastor Roland to come up, just bow your heads with me, will you right now? I know I've rambled pretty quick, but I hope today that you've been encouraged that, you know, we're not asking you to, to, to come and be on, on our Stitches team or whatever, but we appreciate any support you can give. We thank you for that. We hope to see you all tonight at the at the uh, potluck, not potluck, hot pot, hot pot. But the important thing is I want to leave you with today is that you're not a forgotten person. And I'm addressing primarily the seniors, but anyone else here as well. You know, God is 
not moved away. He's here. He's just waiting for you to just dare to reach out. Put your hand up and say, here am I. I'll go. I'll, 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 I'll get involved. I'll be part of your plan for my life. I want you to, to unfold that wonderful plan. I want you to, to, to work in my life and through my life. I want to be able to touch lives for your glory. I want to see the kingdom of God expand and to grow and to, to be magnified in this earth. So right now, as you search your heart, if God is speaking to you, just speak to him just right where you are. Talk to him. Say, God, I might not know what to do right now exactly, but I just sense, Lord, there's more in my life. I just sense that you don't want me just to be a, a seat warmer, but to be part of the answer. It's wonderful to be part of the answer. So, Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every one of us that today that you continue to show yourself strong in us, continue to unfold your wonderful plan, and to bless the work of our hands. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor uh, Patrick and Chris. Um, that was a really inspiring message to every one of us. And, you know, I would like to encourage you to sow towards this ministry. We have a box out there. And uh, if you want to sow to this ministry, just give into the box. But also tonight, all the profits from the Steamboat Dinner will go towards uh, Operation Stitches. And, and they need funds, actually, for the coming event, uh, Christmas in July. And they need to buy stuff and food and so on for the people in that community. So, God bless you, Pastor Patrick and Chris. May the Lord continue to anoint you and, and use you mightily. Let's close in prayer right now as we depart from this place. Heavenly Father, we thank you for speaking to us so clearly and powerfully today. We thank you for bringing to our midst our MP Gladys. May you continue to bless her as she serves the country. Give her wisdom that is beyond her age, beyond her experience and learning. Lord God, just as you gave to Solomon wisdom and great judgment, give to Gladys here your wisdom and judgment and understanding and power and strength. Give her your favour and open many wonderful doors for her so that she can be your vessel to impact this country and nations beyond. And bless everyone who has come here today. May they take home your message. And those who do not know you, may they open their hearts to receive you, that wonderful blessing into their life. May your face shine upon them and be gracious to your people. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. And uh, do join us for the 